Have you and your spouse ever had a sink or swim moment when it comes to your careers? In this episode, Krista and Jeremy Nichols share how they were forced into some change and it was the best thing that ever happened to them. That, along with some stories from their farm in Iowa and more. The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins now. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Every couple wants to have a great marriage, but the trials and challenges of life pull us in different directions. So we talk with amazing couples who share their stories and incredible experts who share their wisdom about building a life together. And at the end of every show, we give you a conversation starter so you and your spouse can build more intimacy and connection in your marriage by having conversations that matter. Welcome to the show. This Hello. is episode 122. We're Danielle and Justin, your hosts of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Hey. hey, if you've been listening for a little bit of time or a long time, we're so glad you're here. Welcome yes. to the family. And I have to put down, just because this is my most public platform, I have to <laughs> brag on myself. Oh, geez. <laughs> and that is the fact that I am not really a college basketball fan but tonight she's a total poser when it comes to March is Madness. the finals but my bracket okay i'm just saying i picked three out of the four teams that went to the final four i'm just saying how'd your bracket do honey i don't know that was supposed to be my trash talk you were supposed to come in with me nothing Nothing. Uh, should I? I, I don't know. I'll be too busy with burying my head under the covers in my in my shame. <laughs> I wasn't trying to go that far. Jeez. No, you're right. I should I should just stop breathing because my <laughs> my bracket is busted. Okay. You think you're better than me? <laughs> Does that make you feel good? No, it was just too much, honey. All right, so we got a couple of announcements yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, it is so, too much. For those of you that have never tuned in on Thursday at 8 p.m. Central on the Legendary Marriage page, we have on Facebook on Facebook on Facebook. We have Pillow Talk. Pillow Talk is a live uh, short form kind of 15 to 20 minutes of Daniel and I checking in, talking about what's going on in our life, talking a little bit about what what we're talking, what the guests are sharing on the podcast behind the scenes, because we actually film it. We're on. Yes, we are on screen on from location in our bedroom our home <laughs> there you go there you go so if you've never done that before check laundry us out. piles and all yes um facebook every thursday night anyway it's a hoot so come check it out uh the second thing we want to mention is uh have you checked out the check-in Ooh, yes the sachet check-in is one of the most powerful tools for building intimacy and connection and you can pick it up over at legendarymarriage.com slash check in. Have a have a great conversation with your spouse in just 10 minutes. Speaking of great conversations, I am so excited to get into this one today. This is another amazing conversation with another legendary couple, uh, Krista and Jeremy Nichols. Let's get to it. All right, so we are joined on the podcast today. We have got Jeremy and Krista Nichols. So they have been married almost 19 years, um, and they went from two separate careers 
to running a business together, honey, how would that be? Ay, ay, ay. Uh, yeah. So they're kindred spirits with us. Homeschool two teenagers and live on a farm in Iowa with three dogs and an entitled cat. So you guys have been married just about as long as we have, 19. So how did y'all meet in the first yeah, place? Where did it get started? Um, high school, but she was dating another guy. And oh. then I saw her at college and I was inquired about how the other guy was doing because he went to my school. She's like, oh, we just broke up. So I caught her on the rebound. <laughs> uh-huh. Were you trying to play a slide, Jeremy? Like, oh, I want to, you know, hang out with him, but... Oh, good. He's really good. I took her out for ice cream. That's what stole her heart. Right. It cinched yeah. the deal. Yeah. What flavor of ice cream? Um, I think I got a chocolate dip cone. That's solid. Um, I'm He's more of a, a mint blizzard. I, I like the magic shell thing. You yes. like the magic shell? I dig it. Like it gets too messy. Like you, you just, just go into it and then all the drips like shoot out at you. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that. It's the best. No. Okay, so where did you guys grow up? Have you always been from Iowa? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. We live in the house that I grew up in. Oh, wow. Essentially, I've always lived in the same house. My parents moved to the main farm operation home when my grandparents retired. And this home was empty when we got married. So we just moved right in. So have you guys always been farmers? My family is farms. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, tell me about, like, I'm just very intrigued by this because I'm a total city dweller. And like so many, we have the, wouldn't it be cool to get a ranch and have chickens? Yeah, and be just like Chip and Joanna Gaines. It'll be amazing. But I feel like it would be a lot of work. So what was it like growing up as a kid, like working the farm? It was the best. Jeremy lived in town. I lived in town, but it was very small, rural, you know, 700 people. 15 in the graduating class so like what wow. what were your some of your responsibilities Krista what'd you have to do do you have to like milk any cows or do anything like that mm, we wrote we raised sheep when I was little and so in the wintertime especially we would always have bottle lambs if their moms couldn't feed them or or refused mm. to accept them and so part of what my brother and I would do was we would help feed the lambs and it was super cute only when they get bigger that it just goes downhill from there like they're cute when they're born and then after that they're just not they're just not the smartest i tell you what (laughs) yeah what do you mean are they notoriously dumb animals is that the deal yeah sheep aren't sheep aren't real smart no yeah that's why in in the bible they talk about like you know god guides his sheep and everything oh it's not dumb yeah it's not necessarily a compliment if you've ever raised sheep. Yeah. You know, that's not necessarily. It's not because they're cute and fluffy that they no. need a shepherd. It's because they cannot survive. I feel like that's every them. little girl's dream, though, to have like a sweet little lamb that you can bottle feed. Like that sounds really cute. Like our little yeah. girls would love doing that. Oh, sure. Yeah, they're super Absolutely. cute when they're little. All right. So what were y'all's families like growing up? Our families could not have been more different. I don't think. I mean, no, not really. I grew up in a nuclear family, one boy, one girl, and parents who they've been married now for 42 or three years, something like that. Wow. Um, and so just a, a really tight, close knit family where my mom was always kind of the entrepreneur. She always had kind of a little side hustle going, but she was home with us every day um, when we came home from school. 
when my dad farmed, you know, a typical farmer out before the sun came up and back when the sun went down type of thing. But I mean, really pretty much the ideal childhood on my end. Okay. I want to know what some of your mom's side hustles were. Well, she's, she was an art major. And so she started out, um, she did like, she sewed all of our own clothes when we were really, really little. When we got old enough to kind of be self-contained, she started making crafts. So she made wooden crafts. And until I was pretty much graduated from high school, um, she sold them at local shows and stuff. Wow. So I grew up like in a wood shop. Yeah. Whoa. So did you always think like, hey, someday I'm going to have my own business? No. No. That's the crazy thing. I never... I never would have thought that I would be an entrepreneur. It's the idea scared me. It seemed too risky. It still scares us. <laughs> I mean, sure. yeah. you know, but when we got married, she wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. So I did construction full time. Yeah. And I kind of switched, started switching gears and works great. What was your family like growing up, Jeremy? Because you said you guys were like total opposites. I kind of did what I wanted after I was 15. Just really had no rules or didn't abide by any. So I was wild. I was a kid that your parents said, don't hang out with him. (laughs) So that was me. Krista, did you remember Jeremy from high school? What was his (laughs) reputation? He was the bad boy. Oh, mm-hmm. would you have dated him in high school or would you like a uh, steer clear bad boy like Danny in Greece or <laughs> bad boy <laughs> like, oh, oh, Luke Perry in 90210. Oh, no. God rest his soul. Oh, I know. That's that's a tough one. Yeah, I don't. Gosh, he's so handsome. I tell you what, I had a big crush on him, but but we never we never dated or anything. I mean, I think my parents would have not wanted to at that <laughs> so, they so, weren't sure when we started dating <laughs> yeah i was gonna say when you did start dating in college what were your parents what was their reaction they were super <laughs> cool well they knew that he wasn't the same angry kid that he'd been as right. a teenager yeah. that his life had changed and his his heart had changed mm. so it was and, really a non-issue then I'm so curious uh, out of a background, out of that, the backstory there, like what is, what is your relationship look like now with, with Krista's parents, Jeremy? Krista and I have a different opinion on this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure they won't listen to this. So feel free. They, uh, they love me. I feel, but you know, I'm still kind of, eh, you know, maybe not like me all the time. (laughs) Yeah. You can love somebody and not like them. Sure. And that's totally possible. And you guys live in the same same place, the same area. Do you yeah. get to spend a lot of time together? Like, do, do are they like really engaged, involved grandparents? And Oh, I can yeah, picture I mean, being like, everybody loves Raymond, where they're oh, like yeah. right oh, down no, the street. No, no. They're right, they across, are the right field. across the field, but it's not like that, where they stop in whenever and wherever. And I mean, we're we're connected and... And we have a good relationship, which yeah. is amazing. Um, but and our kids are older now, which is awesome. They love to spend time with their grandparents, and that's so fun. But it's not like they just walk right in and <laughs> they're always here or whatever. They're very respectful of when we got married, allowing us to make our own 
family, our own nuclear unit, which was really nice. Yeah. I love it. So you have two teenagers. Now, did they help on the farm? We live on a farm, but we don't farm. Oh, okay. So we've had chickens, but our dogs generally kill them. Oh, (laughs) jeez. It's like the death farm. We've had, you know, we used to raise a few pigs out by the barn. More of a hobby farm. Yeah. You know, but when we took them into butcher, our daughter was like, 11 and it broke her heart because they were like pets you know yeah <laughs> they were so Aww. tame so we really don't have like any livestock we have a barn we have a machine shed and corn crib but like the actual farming is all from her, all of her parents her parents and grandparents still farm so i always wonder about the either. the whole butchering thing like i've heard farmers say before like well, it's really good for kids to be around death and like just know that that's just part of the cycle. But I'm like, I don't know. I feel like my kids would be traumatized by that. Tell us how it is for real, Krista. Well, I don't think, well, Clay would be fine. Clay's our son. He's 14. He might not have taken it so well when he was younger, but my brother's got three kids and his oldest is like eight. And he's just so matter of fact about it. Like they have a bunch of chickens and they butchered a bunch of them this fall. And their son, Tarek, he was just like, yep, we butchered the chickens and I helped and no big deal and whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So it just depends on the kid, I think. Well, you said about a hobby farm. We actually have some friends that just got some land and they got some chickens and I, I can't even hardly say it. The husband actually had to like, uh what do you call it snap their necks some of the chicks because they were like about to die but they were just suffering and so like he had to do it with like four of them and i was like horrified this is the first i've heard of this yes and i'm just like and they kind of hide it from the kids but he's like He's like not even sure he wants to do it anymore because he's like <laughs> I can he's like this. I do not want to do that again. That is horrible. I think it's all how you're raised. I mean, in the Midwest, yeah. I've grown up hunting, so I mean, I don't like to kill baby chicks, but I don't think it would bother me. You know. Yeah. Oh. So it's all how you're brought up to it, I guess. All right, we we kind of, we keep bouncing around, and that's fine. That's because I'm enthralled with farm yes. life because I have no idea. Yes, well, you, you guys no can idea. come come visit, and we'll put you in some big tractors. Oh <laughs> my gosh, we that would be a track in our front pasture. I know. I can see that being super cool for like, especially little kids. Like, oh my oh, yeah. gosh, a tractor! So you guys met. You started dating in college. Like, when did you? When did you know? Like, when were you like? You know what? Let's let's make a go at this thing. This whole like life thing together. I think that's what freaked your parents out because it was like three weeks for me. I knew. Wow. <laughs> like how how does that happen? I know, right? You hear about when you know, you know. And I was like, boy, I don't want to let her get away. I just knew. What What is it about her that you're like, I, Lock like it I'm in. in. I'm in. Lock, Lock it, it in. in. Um, well, her strong faith was a good part of it. Yeah. And then she's got a good heart. How about you, Krista? Were you in at three weeks? I, w- I was, but I was scared. You know what I mean? Like I'd been in a long t- longer term relationship before. 
and it didn't work out. And although I was glad it was a good thing, it was so much time invested that I was a little gun shy. Like if this wasn't going to be the real deal, I didn't want to get too attached, you know? So it took me a little bit longer to, to trust that it was okay, you know, that this was a real thing. Like, and when I say longer, I mean like maybe like two weeks <laughs> longer. Yeah. Um, but we just, I don't know, like we understand each other. We have the same, we laugh at the same things. I don't know. It, it just, it was very obvious. She okay. was very, very gullible. Oh, well, that's oh, part what? of it. Right? Are you saying you laugh? Are you saying you tricked her in? I know there's stories. She was on the rebound. (laughs) She was on the rebound, and you know I had done everything you could probably do in life, good and bad. Sure. She was kind of more sheltered. You know, lived a smarter life, so she wasn't real sociable. She she reminded me of. (laughs) Remind me of a librarian, like <laughs> the sexy librarian. The sexy, yeah, that was, she exactly. takes her bun down and she's like, "Woo!" Yeah, <laughs> I did work as a librarian one time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that's it. That's perfect. So I think maybe some of her innocence attracted me too. Yeah, possibly. So, what about the the wedding day? What what mm-hmm. still stands out about that day to you? I was super, I just wanted to be super conscious about the whole day. I wanted to remember it. I wanted to be present. Mm, So I woke up really early, you know, I just laid there and I was, you know, you just think there are certain moments in your life where you know that your life is going to change forever. And you've been, you know, I mean, it's like one of those big moments that you look forward to your whole life as, you know, as a little girl and a young woman. And so just everything about that day, it's, It's almost like I carried around a Polaroid in my head because I just wanted to remember everything about it. I wanted to remember what it felt like to walk down the aisle with my dad and to see him at the end of the aisle. And I don't know. I mean, it just was a very conscious decision on my part to just really be dialed in and be present the whole day. That's so interesting. A lot of people say like, oh, it's a blur. Like it went by so fast. It was like a total blur. And well, I knew it would be if I didn't, if I wasn't purposeful about it. Yeah. Because it is only just one day, you know, and, and a wedding is great. It's the marriage you're after. But at the same time, that event is like the kickoff for a new life together. And I just really wanted to not miss a thing. Mm. It seems like that is probably, now correct me if I'm wrong the like bringing purpose or intention to a lot of things is probably really important to you guys. Like you're like, we're gonna, you know, have the farm and homeschool the kids. And like, do you guys feel like you're super intentional with your life? Yeah. I think though that we've always known, like there are certain things that we want our life to look like, like we enjoy being in the country. We enjoy having close relationship with our kids and spending more time with them than most people get to our daughter is she's like mom she's on it her schoolwork is top of the line like yeah i always say it could die and she would just get up and do right lessons the next day no big deal (laughs) she's unflappable our boy he's 14 and he's not quite as motivated 
Like, now, do you think they'll be entrepreneurs too? I know you guys run your own business together. Do you think you've instilled that in the kids? Are they going to be business owners too? Daughter helps me on some of the catalogs that I do. I've been teaching her to do that, but kind of at this point, you know, we work so much that they're like, I don't want to work all the time. They kind of see that and you're like, well, you can work for yourself all the time or for somebody else all the time. Yep. You know, we never, we never miss a sporting event or anything like that. And there's so many grandparents at the games because the parents aren't off in time to go to them, especially when they're in junior high, you know, we never missed any games. And I'm like, I try to explain to her that you know, we have more time with you because we work our own business. So. What inspired you guys to go into business together? Necessity. Forced. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Well, I started out um, immediately when we got married. I started working part-time for a lo- another local mom. She had, you know, middle, middle school age kids at the time. And I was helping her out in her home business. And eventually that turned into she and I going into business together, but with a more of a like a part-time type of seasonal work thing. Um, Eventually she was elected to public office and I took over the business and it started to ramp up to the point where um, I, you know, I was, I was making enough to support a, you know, person full time. Uh, And he had stepped down out of construction, just knowing that that wasn't something that he wanted to do for the rest of his life. And he was starting to step in and help me with the business that we had at that time. And we got a phone call one day from the office worker, a friend of mine. We talked on the phone every day back and forth with, this was our biggest contract, probably 80% income. Hmm. And so one day I get a call from the secretary there saying that she was on her last two weeks that they were retiring and they let everyone in the office go and that they were not planning on continuing their business uh, after this current season. And it was a complete shock. We had no idea. And as contractors, we weren't their employees. So, I mean, technically they didn't have an obligation to say anything, but it made me realize what a position we put ourselves in by relying on one, one source of income. And now you know, we had to come up with something else. You know, it was kind of like sink or swim and, you know, either leave home. We had just started homeschooling our kids. It was maybe like one year in, you know, and so you just start rethinking everything, start thinking, what what do I want to do? What yeah. do I want my professional life to look like? How do I want to make that work so that it works with my family and my home life? Um, so it was, it was really, it was a really big blow for me because I have always been really resistant to change, <laughs> not resistant, but just, I like security. I like constancy and I don't willingly move unless I'm forced to. And at that moment, that was, that was that you have to do something different now. It was great that it happened. Yes. Otherwise you'd still be in that same boat. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was life changing, but 
definitely for the better. You know, yeah. forced to move is better than not moving at all. Right. So. And isn't it funny how, how like you'll have those things going on, like uh, a conversation or just an inner dialogue going like, man, I feel like something isn't quite like I need to make a shift or something, but ah, the comfort level is it's enough that I don't have to. And then all of a sudden God goes, here you go. Like, right. I will force you're gonna move. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not going to exactly move, I'm going to move you. Right. I just think it's so funny because so oftentimes I hear people say, and, and I say it too, I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on the universe on whatever they're, they're however they want to ascribe it. Uh, I'm waiting on God to, for, for my next step. And I really, I, I kind of, I've gotten to the point where I go, really? Are you waiting on him? Is that really how it's going? Cause I, I, in my experience, he moves pretty fast. So <laughs> maybe he's waiting on you to yeah. take that step. Yeah. I think right. that's probably more likely. Uh, well, at least in my case. Yeah. So you started combining, like bringing, bringing this business into a marriage. And I'm, I'm curious, like how, how is your, your, just your marriage relationship at that point before you bring in all of the, the challenge and the trial and the, the stress of like, okay, we've got to, we've got to figure out what we're doing here because we got bills to pay and kids to provide for and like life to do. Are you saying it's challenging to work with your spouse? Not with you, my love. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, trials make you stronger for sure. You know, like you purify through the fire. That's how yeah. you get better. So we didn't have a bad marriage before that or through it. But, you know, when you spend every day with somebody, you definitely grow stronger. I don't think it's for everyone. I have... I know people that are like, how do you guys spend every day together? And I'm like, it's my best friend. Why, why wouldn't you want to? I mean, if you yeah. do it, do it, right? But yeah, there's struggles. I mean, there's times where I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know. The truth comes out. Well, I was going to say, like, has there been a time when you guys were in a season and you're like, what are we doing here? How do we, how do we find what's next in our relationship? I think it was harder for me probably because I've been in my business by myself for so long. It was hard for me to kind of let go of some things and stop feeling so responsible all by myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? He would beg me to let him help with something, you know, and, and teach me something I want to know I want to learn please just you know and it, but it wasn't until I was almost killing myself and he was picking me up off the floor a mess you mm -hmm. know that I I let go of the control that I felt like I had to have just not because I wanted it but because I felt like I didn't know what would happen if if I didn't you know have my hand in all areas and now like he manages the business, the original business, and I don't do anything in that business anymore. And he does it so much better than I did. Like, I don't know what I waited for, <laughs> you know? No. He has completely freed me up to grow a, a, a completely second business that will far outperform the first yeah. many times over. Now, I know you guys I are... I never would have been able to do that. 
I know you guys um, see everything through kind of like a Christian perspective. Like, what are you guys passionate about? Or what do you guys think you've been called to do? We love people. We are. We just really love, um, we love being a place. I mean, we, yes, we have a farm, but we don't sit out here and like exclude ourselves. We actually turned our barn into a weight room and twice a week, we invite whoever wants to come out, lift weights, have supper. There's a Bible study on one of the nights. Um, and, and we just, we just invite people to share our lives with us. People who have family and friends nearby and people who don't. People who have lots of um, connections in their lives and people who don't have anybody. But we, we form this kind of crazy, unusual tribe of people who know that somebody's got their back. Yes. And it's like a family. That's what we're passionate about, you know? It, and just on a personal level, on a professional level, I'm passionate about words and story and communication. And um, this guy right here is, he's my biggest supporter. He's, he's the rock that holds the whole family together. But yeah, on a personal level, we just, people matter to us. People matter. You and your spouse could be just one conversation away from becoming soulmates. Whoa, honey, that's a big promise I know, but I'm making it. All right, but we have been using this one simple, powerful tool for almost a decade. It's radically transformed our relationship and hundreds of other marriages too. Yes. You see, in the chaos and busyness of everyday life, we all get wrapped up in these five-second conversations. Did you take out the trash? What? Did you schedule a doctor's appointment? Yes. Did you get their milk on the way home? What? No. Wait. Who? What? See, why are you I doing mean, this to we me? Get stuck in those five-second conversations. <laughs> I'm having a little a little moment here now, uh, but the truth is that more intimacy and connection begins with more conversations that matter, and that's what the Sachet Check-in Guide is all about. All right. So get your free copy of our guide. From Roommates to Soulmates, How to Create More Intimacy and Connection in Your Marriage in 5 Minutes Without Awkwardness or Ugly Fights Using the Sashay Check-In. You can get your copy today at legendarymarriage.com slash check-in. And now back to the show. Do you find it's challenging when you live out in the country to establish those, like you said, it's almost like a tribe like a tribe of friends, is it even more challenging? Yeah, I think about that. And I'm, I'm like, because we talk, we'll talk about like, oh, it'd be fun to buy a few acres and get out of things a little bit, get a little more bang for the buck and have some space and everything. And then also we're such social creatures. Like our whole life, like our, our best friends are like the people who are closest to us are all within two miles of us right here. And to go an hour away from that, I'm like, will they come and see us? <laughs> Probably not. You're dead to them. <laughs> two, two miles there, 20 miles here takes 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, there's no traffic. traffic. So however many miles away, that's how long it takes to get there, basically. Yeah, we're pretty rural. So yeah. in general, people have to drive any distance to go to the grocery store or whatever. So... Um, but I guess I've always lived out here, so it's normal for me. We have like 
eight to 15 guys that come out twice a week and she feeds all of them twice a week. And we do, I, I built a weight room out in the barn. Yeah. So they come out for that. And then with sporting stuff, Lexi, Oh, we were always in town at a game. So we get to see people there. So it's not like we're secluded from, I mean, you're hard, we're hardly ever home more than three nights a week without somebody here or people being here. We have had somebody living with us, not the same person, basically since we were married. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, we have somebody who's in a spare room. I love just this sentiment of, of like you, you have what you have and you, you want to create space and time to share it and invite people into it and everything. And I just, I'm drawn to that. There's a, there's a meme, uh, an expression from years ago that's essentially like, don't build bigger barns, build bigger tables. Yeah, yeah. we need a bigger I just, table. I think of that when I think of you. <laughs> Anybody know a guy who could build us like a- Hear me, table? I feel like you could be able to build a table. What do you think? Yeah, he totally- this must be the beard. Didn't you used to be in construction? That is Didn't a you fine say that? beard, my friend. <laughs> I, just, I just got it trimmed today for our yeah. podcast, but- <laughs> oh yeah it's looking awesome okay so. krista i feel like do you ever feel like you're the pioneer woman <gasps> uh, you know what when i was not as busy with my business like i totally had a huge garden and i canned food and all of that stuff so yeah sometimes well I when you said you like there. invite all these people and then like you're in the kitchen like making all this stuff and then jeremy comes in with the gym guys and stuff i was like oh my gosh that sounds like the pioneer woman like this honestly show. most of the time though he, he cooks it's oh, gotten to where i'm more the person that keeps her alive like right. i do the dishes i do the laundry i cook today you know before this i was like have you eaten today no let's forget so i made her lunch <laughs> you know so i try to keep her alive well, that's important krista what like drives coach you? yeah what krista what drives you to 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 go like that apparently it's not food because she forgets to eat <laughs> exactly um i think at first it was a sense of like panic just sure. feeling like i don't know how this is going to turn out so i'm going to work as hard as i possibly can right now and just try to make something out of what i'm doing Um, and honestly, I just love what I do. That's a big part of it. I love to write. I love to help people with their messages. I love it when they get results and they make sales and they, you know, their leads come in and they're happy. So I'm very motivated by my clients as well. Um, and I'm moving into a new, a new kind of dimension now where I'm developing programs that will help train other people to write so that I can, you know, expand my reach and, you know, do a little coaching, which I love. I love coaching. I'm going to, I'm going to coach, I'm a coach in a big group um, for social media managers. And so that's really, really fun. It just engages me on a different level where instead of providing services, I'm, you know, just expanding that reach and helping others to grow. Helping others learn how to write. Are you hearing this, Danielle? I, you know, this is making me have a flashback to my <laughs> to my high school years. I swear, I swear 
nobody ever taught me how to write. I really think nobody ever taught me how to write (laughs) because I like, I mean, yeah, your ABCs and, you know, sentence structure and all that. Sure. Whatever. Like it should have a period at the end. I don't know. You're good with periods. I, yeah, I have a lot of bullet points, a lot of periods. I feel like it's, I don't know, is writing more of a lost art now or am I just imagining that? Maybe it's just me. Well, I think some of it does stem from, you know, a little bit of a disconnect when you're on your phone so much and you're using your thumbs as opposed to having a pen and paper or a whole keyboard. It does like you start shortening things, you start abbreviating things and it becomes shorter and shorter, less descriptive and, you know, a little less communicative. I think, yeah, there is a little bit something to that, I think. I tell Justin, I always like when I do write, I always like to write in like a notebook or pen and paper and then translate it to technology. Like if you sit me down with like a blank word document, nothing's going to happen. There's nothing going to happen there. Yeah. I don't know. I'm even worse. I can come up with the idea and like sketch it out. Hence the giant messy whiteboard behind the doors. Thank goodness the doors shut. Um, I, I can like sketch out the idea and then I, I got to get somebody else to to give it that first kind of sloppy first draft thing. Mm-hmm. And that's me. And then I can go in. Because I'm be like, very oh, sloppy. I am very sloppy. So that is very g- a good role for me. Like, what do you guys, what's your role? <laughs> like, how do you work together? Like, how do you do the back and forth thing? Because we've maybe after about three years, finally figured <laughs> out. to figure it out. <laughs> how we do it. Like, how do you guys do it back and forth? You know, we're still, we're still really figuring out how that works. Like right now we're both here together managing kind of similar businesses, but we're both managing, like he's got the one and I'm overseeing the other one. And we're, we're still like figuring out how we can merge everything into one and what that looks like. Mm. I always say I slept my way to middle management. As <laughs> people ask, them, that's like, going on Instagram right there. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's and Krista was right. sexually harassing you. Is that what that was? That's yes. <laughs> Justin always is like, take it up with PR or take it up with HR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I invite it. Like, I, I mean, I'm not. To, <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. I'm not. Let's not make light of sexual harassment. All right, no. all right, all right. D- different track. Rewind. <laughs> oh my gosh okay so it's just so interesting you say uh wanting to help other people write because like we're we're working on a, on a book right now and and i think it, it, the, the stat is like 80 some percent of people say i want to write a book someday and like less than five percent ever even pick up a pencil and or a pen and try mm-hmm. and so i think it's a great because it's torturous that's why <laughs> Uh, Krista's well, like, no, me, it's my passion. I love it. You help, please say you help the tortured souls out there and you just go, Hey, I'll do it for you. <laughs> you know what? I actually do. I actually am a ghostwriter with Bannett house, which is um, a publishing company on the East coast. They did com secrets and an expert Secrets. So I actually, oh. I actually do do that. <laughs> yeah. So, that's awesome. She does help torture. And people. that's a whole other thing that, that like I've only become aware of in the last 
few months really. What ghostwriting? Like what ghostwriting really is and starting to understand that like, oh my gosh, I could, I could literally get my voice out, get the message out, like get the, get the, the puzzle pieces on the table and have somebody who could help us, uh, put it into a structure and make it make sense and, and then be able, be able to it's a beautiful put it thing. out there. So. Beautiful thing. Okay. I'm wondering, what are you guys dreaming about next? Yeah. What's the dream? Well, I think for me, it's passive income. <laughs> I yeah. mean, to, you know, and building a team as far as my business goes, that's what my next stage is. We joined a mastermind. I've been in one, but we joined one together at FHL. And so we're going to be sinking a lot of our time and energy into developing things that will let us be a little more hands off in our business. Um, I always say 2017 was the year of the breakdown. It's the year my business broke. Then 2018 was the year of the breakthrough when I figured out, you know, what my gifts really are and, and kind of saw the path forward of what we could create. When I feel like 2019 is going to be the year of balance. Ooh. It's going to be, you know, it's been a really, really quick ride. <laughs> I mean, most people don't, don't uh, have a business crash and burn and then two years later be doing something completely different quite successfully you know, and then, you know, kind of easing into a different level, but I'm really determined that I'm not going to be working 80 hours a week, every week for, you know, forever. Like Jeremy said, like our kids, they've seen, they've seen the gutting it out part, you know, and they look at that and they think, why would I, why would I want to be an entrepreneur? if This is what it looks like, you know, like, but I want them to see that it's not just that that you'll go through stages and it's all, you know, part of the growth phase. And then you come into something different and you're able to help more people. Yeah. So I'm excited I, for that. Um, I, that resonates so much. Like we've had that, I've had that conversation with our seven and a half year old <laughs> because she's, she's, we've been in this really uh, intense season over here too um, with, with building up legendary marriage and, and, you know, building the, the things we want to do to try to help couples. And, um, she's kind of going, uh, I miss you. Yeah. And noticing just, just how much. And at the same time, uh, this, this funny story of like the day after funnel hacking live, after I got back, like I drove back Saturday all the way from Nashville back to Austin, got -hmm. back here, took a shower. And then we went downtown to the big RV show. (laughs) Yeah, that's fun. Right. And the girl, the girls love it. Well, Allie fell in love with this motor home and she's like, I want to buy it. We can't leave unless I can buy it. I'm like, well, good luck with she that. She was like almost throwing a tantrum over it. So, oh so all of a sudden she's, she's, so I'm like, well, you know, you're only one funnel away. Wait, what's that mean? What does that mean? Yes. <laughs> well, like two magic. weeks later, two weeks later, she's got a series of children's books mapped out and a whole thing that she wants to do. And at the same time, she's going, but I don't want to be, I want to be like you, but I don't want to be like you. I'm not like, I like work so much piece. And I'm like, honey, it's just a season. And and you're seven. So that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I don't even like to do my 10 minutes of homework, you know, cause she's in first grade. She has 10 minutes of homework, but right. all right. So in wrapping up you guys, um, this is a question we ask most of our couples, which is what do y'all think it takes to build a legendary marriage? 
God and serving each other. Mm. Yeah, that's a good answer. That's, that would be my answer. Yeah. Can you say more about the serving each other? Yeah, I think like when she started getting busy, I started cleaning. And at first I was started cleaning because I was like, seriously, this is disgusting. And, <laughs> you know, and True. it went it kind of went that way for a while, but then I saw how, you know, how appreciative she was and how it felt good to serve her, you know? Yeah. And so I always tell people serve your spouse because you're not in a marriage to see what, how you can benefit from it. You should serve the other person. Otherwise it's not, if you're there just to get, benefited then it's not going to be well well and it and it's that great um upside down thing of life is that when you serve when you pour yourself out you grow <laughs> right so it wasn't easy at first i was you know but i it's hard not to serve her now like if, i feel yeah. bad if i've got something going and so and she needs, she needs you to live, so you better not stop. <laughs> yes, we need her to live. Like, seriously, he is the hero of this story. He stepped mm -hmm. in when I was still trying to do all of this wife and mom things and grow a business. There's, I couldn't, he could have easily made me feel bad because I was falling behind on the things that I had always done in our marriage, but he didn't. Mm -hmm. I think it's easier even though she could see some stuff like she was working too much we, I could point it out and we would go on dates and I would be like hey you've got to slow down you've got to take a step back and focus on where you want to go without because you can't keep this pace of work up yeah. You know, I think there's have somebody to be a moderator, you know, I would moderate her mm -hmm. actions. She knew it, but unless I would tell her, sometimes I'd repeatedly tell her. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> like give her permission, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I wrote her a note. I said, it's okay to fail. I said, here's your ticket to fail. It's, it's fine if you fail. We'll figure something else out. But, you know, she's held on to that and i truly i wouldn't have wrote it if i didn't believe it you know if if you fail it's okay you don't have to kill yourself trying to do this right yeah it's got to be some balance so. all right you guys that was so awesome yeah, thank you so much, so much for just sharing like from your heart and um yeah. you know educating us uh non-farm people <laughs> what real life looks like <laughs> well and you you all just have such a beautiful um give and take a balance i was gonna say flow yeah yes. flow of just of just how you show up uh so i just Thank you so much for sharing that with us and with the, with our audience. And if our audience wants to like find you guys, what you're up to, um, how can we find you? You can find us on Facebook. We both are on Facebook a lot, but also our website, hubcreativemedia.com. Mm. Wonderful. Excellent. Okay, you guys, thanks so much. Thank you Thank for having you. us. We had a great time.
I want to have a giant barn to invite all our friends over and have dinners and stuff. In the dream, when we talk about the dream, one day we're going to get some land, build a house, have a big barn. And like, like I'm talking, it, it looks like an old school barn. Yeah. Totally. And like my, our office will be up there and everything. We'll be able to have events and things. Um, Guess what? Uh, Jeremy and Krista actually do I that. I know. So, so, so cool. cool. All right. So now the talk about it. And now the talk about it segment of the show. Each week we challenge you to set a time with your spouse to have a conversation that matters. All right. So here's today's question. Where do you sense change is coming? Hmm. Because Krista and Jeremy. Like, like like Game of Thrones, winter is coming. Change is coming. They had a In a ch- world where change is coming, how will you respond? But I like how they kind of felt it coming, yeah. but then God just kind of kicked him out of the nest. So. Yeah, we've definitely been there in places where, where it's like, uh, man, I, you know what the next step is? The threshold to but cross, like, the thing to do. But you're like, is it worth but, going there? But you kind of hang out there. And then God's and like, do it. Yeah. Kaboom. All right. So where do you sense a change is coming? That's all for today's show. And as yes. always, we're talking about all the hot topics from the podcast and so much more in our free community on Facebook. So come join the conversation at legendarymarriage.com slash community. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show so we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.